Welcome, everybody, to this edition of the I Want to Believe radio show. We've got a great show for you this edition. We have with us a very world-renowned and interesting guest by the name of Leslie Mitchell-Clark. She'll be talking about skilled hypnotherapeutic regression and working with individuals who believe they have had extra-ultra-extraterrestrial contact and other experiences of high strangeness. Now, unfortunately, we've lost the first uh, portion of the show, but we will join it in progress. And thank you for being here with us as always. Uh, remember our sponsors, Henderson Castle, hendersoncastle.com, and also Gun Barrel Coffee. You've had the rest, drink the best. Gunbarrelcoffee.com. Uh, check them out. All right, on with the show. In any sense that I know of, as far as hypnotherapy is concerned. Uh, they, we do learn regression, but this kind of regression that also deals with, I would say, aspects of PTSD, you know, you name it, uh, it it's going on in the experiencers' right. uh, cornucopia of things that have happened to them. So everything I do is really adapted. I didn't reinvent the wheel. I, I want to make that clear. You know, there's nothing magic about what I do. It comes from solid, tried and true techniques that originally come in a large part from Michael Newton, who has left us, but was a, a hugely, um, how, how shall I say, he was one of the key figures in in past life and interlife regression. Anyway, there you go. So I, be, I not too long after I began working with these individuals on a regular basis, um, I came into contact with uh, with MUFON and I was invited by Kathleen Marden to join the Experiencer Research pro pro Project and so I I see a number of individuals who have been referred through MUFON they have made a report and then you know if if the I suppose if the uh, investigator taking the report feels that it might be a good opportunity for regression to get more information then then they recommended that person see me. So um, it's a it's an incredibly fascinating field of work, and I wish that more hypnotherapists would embrace it. Yeah, and and the funny thing is for the the you know the standard individual out here, the layman's, if you will, and people who you know uh, I, I think read up on this, watch the programs, listen to podcasts don't realize too that there are a lot of law enforcement agencies that also use that type of uh hypnotherapy because sometimes yeah. it's been instrumental oh, in remembering I do. crimes and and, yep. and things you know it's it's fascinating every once in a while you know now there's a very famous guy in toronto named dr bruce goldberg who does most of the work with the police but every once in a while i get called in and indeed um Although the evidence I get or, or the recollections that, re, that the person is able to, to recall um, may not be admissible in court, right. but as you said, we can get numbers, we can get mm -hmm. physical descriptions, yep. and, uh, and I, I think it's probably no secret that law enforcement agencies use individuals like myself. It's um, yeah, absolutely can be a great tool and it's something that i i really feel strongly about doing you know so yeah i, I remember reading a, a book uh, years ago about as far back as world war ii even though people were really you know looking at it strangely parts of uh, britain uh there were some people doing that because you know it was instrumental in recalling some mm -hmm. things during you know certain missions spy missions mm -hmm. uh as well as battles and things that were going on so it's been around. It's just, I think, 
you would you would speak on this better than I would. Maybe it's become more of an acceptable thing, you know, that it, it obviously is something that is true and it's real. Yes. Yes. And I, I would hope, you know, that that is, that is the case. Now, hypnosis is well over 6,000 years old. And okay. if, if you're a person like myself who believes in perhaps antediluvian civilizations, greater civilizations that came before us, it's even older than that. And it's really um, a, a basic principle that has been used in healthcare in every major ancient culture, you know, from the Indus Valley to China to, uh, you know, locations in Europe, the Egyptians. And really what it is, is our conscious mind, the part that we walk around with and deal in linear time with and do our jobs and our regimented things, that's really only a small part of our consciousness. The greater part of who we are is contained within our subconscious mind. And not only is that the part of our brain that runs all of our autonomic systems, which is why we can do a lot of great healing work with hypno, you know, as far as the way your heart works, the way your immune system works, your lungs, your respiratory thing, your, all of the systems are regulated by the subconscious mind. And also, everything that has ever happened to us is in there it's it's a it's a it's a database it's an organic uh, hard drive really and and i also believe that information is also external in the akashic records as they say that's really just a big giant uh, cloud a big another kind of a database that if you're tuned in you can access information in, in 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 that way too but we carry we carry our ancient histories with us and uh, once if you can get if i or any of my colleagues or anybody if you can get the physical body relaxed enough there's the secret relaxed enough um then you can, you know, push aside that little curtain or however you wish to express it that separates the conscious from the subconscious mind. Really, in hypnosis, we're just getting that conscious mind out of the way. It's like we're pushing it aside. And also in hypnosis, we're not, people are not unconscious. This may surprise uh, your listeners because, of course, the Hollywood version of hypnosis is is uh, is more like a zombie character. It's it's nothing like that. What we need to do in hypnosis is is get the individual either into into the alpha state and and preferably for regression into the theta state. And that is just a vibrational state of relaxation. And uh, boy, I can put anybody to sleep, boys. I tell you, I can. I it's it's I don't know that's, what that's it is. I can I, I can bore anybody into into unconsciousness. <laughs> <laughs> they call yeah, me we, the velvet hammer at work. So Leslie, we do that quite often with the show. <laughs> the velvet hammer. We, we put the velvet to hammer. Sleep, you know? Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. The velvet hammer. We need to, we don't want you me. to be on the show at least once a month so we can put down the velvet hammer that's, on everybody. That's, right? yep, that's, your, that's your new that's your new call sign, the velvet that's hammer me. with us. Yes, yeah. That that is your name from now on. Like Coast okay. to Coast has you back on, then they just okay. don't they don't know how to they they don't put you as the velvet hammer. Okay, on Coast I'll, to tell Coast. I'll tell them. I'll tell them next like, time. I'll tell them next yeah. time. It's yeah, the velvet. It's the, the velvet, velvet hammer, hammer, George. It's the velvet yeah. hammer, George. And can I can I fix your toupee, George? Can I help with that? Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 we ain't touching that one. No, <laughs> Neither is a toupee. I'm not oh, either. No, no. For, no, for, no. I for years, tongs for years, something. when I see George in pictures, I'm like, he's doing the Shatner, man. He's got the. 
Yeah, it's the it's the full Shatner. Shatner now has. I I think that he's had some kind of surgical procedure because he's got some he's got some plugs he's got something going up on up there. But I swear it looks like pubic hair. What's the deal? What's the the deal with that? The crazy thing is, I'm I'm you know I I am a fan of the Shat. There's a lot of reasons why. Me too. And the funny thing is, is the guy is pushing ninety. And you wouldn't you wouldn't think it. It is the nuttiest thing. He's amazing. Is and he look at way is he one of them? Because <laughs> it's like how you know he just comes from really sturdy Jewish Canadian immigrant stock. stock yeah. You know yeah. he he's he's Canadian got stock. you know his family you know escaped Russia and the pogroms. I mean these people are tough, and he's tough. And and also I don't think anybody's ever said that Bill Shatner has any bad habits. You know I, I think he's a and he loves his horses and. Oh, yeah, but yeah. look at the tragedies he's been through. He's been through some yeah, real yeah, tough yeah. stuff in his personal life. God bless him. But I, I, I have hopes that I believe that he he's happy is, now. It's, yeah, it's astounding. But Always. You, that was a great segue before we came up with the Velvet Hammer. So I'm going to ask the Velvet Hammer. Um, can You said you could put anyone to sleep. That was my next question. It, it, <laughs> at the masses, I mean, can anyone be hypnotized? Or do you think there are same people who can't? Well, what we know as far as the figures is somewhere around 75% of all people can be hypnotized. And that doesn't mean that we can get 75% of all the people into perhaps the deeper trances that are required for for regression. But remember that all the time we're kind of walking around in a light stage of hypnosis anyway. And um, even you know, when I work, I, I work in pediatric hypnosis and with kids, we don't even really put them in trance. We call it waking hypnosis. We do other stuff with them. But um, I think it's a good figure probably to say that 75% um, of all the people can be, can be talked into a state of deep relaxation. Now, beyond that, um, I have found sometimes in doing regression work that the, the the most difficult people to work with as far as regressions are people who have had uh, trauma in their childhood right. and they don't want to think about it. They don't want to look about it. They don't want to look at it. They don't want to move through it. So when you've got something like that going on, it makes it very difficult to get where we need to go because ironically, um, you can't suppress bad memories without suppressing good memories. It's just, it's not that selective. So that's why many people with traumatic childhoods who have had no ET encounters will have missing time. Yeah. I was told by a guest, uh, Elmer was here when we had the guest on with us. I won't name the person's name, but she was convinced that I've had that and that I've been abducted. And, you know, uh, and I've been returned and I was unaware. Mm-hmm. And I told her that's weird because I don't think I've ever shared openly until that program that I have had a few uh, moments of missing time. And I mean, mm-hmm. large amounts. Mm-hmm. And I, I shared last night with some friends uh, about such uh, a deal. And my wife has never heard that story before either. Mm-hmm. Uh, because but she did remember calling me and wanting to know why it took me so long to get home from Detroit when it would be just a regular hour and a half oh, hour wow. drive. And it turned yeah. out to be six, seven hours later. And oh thought, man. Yeah. I thought I was only on the road for about maybe two yeah. and a half, three hours. And there's, there's portions of that trip. I wow. do not 
remember. I'm not making the show about me, but I'm just saying. Right. I, I think that I, I, I am a believer in that. I'm not going to tell anybody that somebody came down and got me. I just say I've had moments of that in my life. Very few. Well, obviously but, they gave you back. So. The, yeah, course, they, they, they put you back. Me. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that uh, that is a that is a very kind of a classic missing time thing. First of all, it didn't happen when you were an adolescent and out there, you know, smoking some spliffs out. Someplace. It happened as an adult person, you know, right. with with your everything, you know, under control. And, you know, that's something that um, I think might be interesting uh, to explore in, in my my personal feeling. I don't think there is such a thing as a person having one experience with with ETs in some in some sense I believe if there's one there's many Um, I think the idea of an isolated thing is very very rare even even Travis Walton who I know and have had the privilege to talk to you know his feelings about his experience have 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 sort of morphed a little bit over the years and although he wouldn't discuss it directly with me um i he now believes that there were other events in his life which pointed to some type of contact you know it's just all too it was all too propinquitous what happened to him the fact that he got out of the car you know, you, you get you get the award for good word usage. I am a fan <laughs> of good word usage, and when I hear people use words like you know such as that, I'm like, man, oh boy, eloquent, what very you good. From the velvet hammer. No, what do you expect from the velvet hammer? Yeah, yeah, four, three to four syllable words are much more soporific for people. They put them out There's a lot faster. <laughs> man. I love it. I I mean that from my heart. I love that. You know, I I just I just love great. Uh, great He's just words. using using used to using four letter words hearing from my yeah. mouth. Yeah. Usually, yeah. No, <laughs> I use a, I use a few of those myself. I mean, after <laughs> I am, I am from New York. I am originally from New York, and I used to have oh. a horrendous you know accent, which I will not duplicate. But but when I decided I wanted to be an actress, I thought, well, you know, I can't continue with this. You know horrible speech it's the lowest i'll never get i'll I'll never get a gig so uh uh, in those days you could go to library and actually check out big lps of plays uh not just broadway shows but like plays so i i i picked a few favorites some olivier stuff and i had also the original broadway show of who's afraid of virginia wolf right so i didn't even understand what was going on but i listened to these i listened to these records all weekend over and over and practiced and practiced and recorded and practiced and finally i emerged on monday morning as a fully realized christopher Plummer. so I had the oh. mid I had the mid Atlantic accent right down. So, you, you know, go. the chat has a little bit of that too. Yep. Because that's yep. you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> you are all right. I, I got a question. I got a question for the Velvet yes. Hammer. All right. Okay. All right. So have you ever seen the movie The Fourth Kind? I have. Okay, what was your thoughts on it? Well, I, I think unfortunately some people are under the impression that it's that it's factual, 
there there is the, you know the clips that you see that are supposed to be of a real thing were just shot on you know eight millimeter stock or whatever to kind of look like that but um i'm and a film like that which was very entertaining by the way i'm not saying you shouldn't make a wonderful scary film like that i i, I loved it myself but it's very removed from the reality of how all of this works and and from what we know and i'm not saying just myself but my colleagues that work in this area most experiences that people are having with extraterrestrial ultra terrestrial beings and i'm saying upwards of 90 percent are very positive they're enlightening they're it's almost like you know you know people are work you know humanoids are working in 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 um on projects with some of these beings it's very it's a very uh positive uh kind of thing now what i will say is once humans get involved everything just goes left because i i i now you know and i and i didn't accept this at first guys you know i i didn't i i did not accept what i'm about to tell you but I do now because of the many, many, many clients that have come to me who are telling me the same things. I do believe that there is a secret space program. I do believe that there is a, a, a deep state military uh, ET collaboration where we have had bases on the moon and Mars and God knows where else. I mean, even, you know, Captain Randy Kramer, who's a very good friend of mine, you know, he has said that at this point, we pretty much control who comes into our solar system. And, and this, you know, this, this, these black budget, programs, the secret space program, which is all based on reverse engineering, all of that goes back to the Truman administration. So we're talking about right after World War II. That's when everything took mm -hmm. a real kind of a dark shift because we could have gotten technology that would have allowed us to feed everyone on the earth to, you know, have water. I mean, but instead, you know, we wanted, uh, you know, fiber optics. We wanted, uh, we wanted weapons. We wanted that kind of stuff. And um, there's a wonderful book. If, if, uh, if you're many, fans have not heard of it there's a wonderful book called the day after roswell by uh captain philip corso and he talks in in, in great detail uh about what happened immediately after roswell and of course as i'm sure all of your listeners know uh yes there was a crash there it was actually three oh, sure. crashes um and we were using some type of sonic weapon and we caused the crash and some of these beings survived and they made a kind of an agreement with the Truman administration where um, where they would apparently they were having some sort of issues with reproduction, but they would be allowed to take a small amount of humans and take, you know, DNA material and in exchange, they would give us tech. So uh, that is what was that is what happened, and and the way it was hidden was like very clever because you know well Corso was made the head of what they called uh, the Department of Foreign Technology. Well, it was foreign, all right, and oh, yeah. it it was yeah, like well you guys at the skunk works you get this thing you guys at Hughes aircraft you get this thing. So it was all apportioned so that nobody really knew 
what they were doing. Probably, if anything, they thought it was Russian technology. The Cold War was just about to uh, well, they, to ramp they, up. They've tried, to, they've tried to sugarcoat that and make up so many different stories since. And, you know, poor Jesse Marcel is the one you know, oh. they, they dropped the ball because Jesse said outright exactly what it was. And Jesse, he you were did. talking to Jesse's son. He's like, no, yeah. that was not the material I held as a child. So, you know, they Ugh. had to backpedal, and then they started making up counter stories. Uh, oh, I yeah. hated that show, Fact or Fiction, where they went Ugh. out there and said, well, we've proven now that it was just one of our weather balloons. Here's the material. That was, that was ludicrous. Guys, ludicrous. Know, how many years later you come up with another lie? And then when you release the documents, I mean, uh, you know, people out here in the public, I don't think on a whole, uh, this is kind of a loaded thing I'm going to say mm -hmm. here because I, I witness stupidity every day, you know, yes. um, stupidity is a very unforgiving mistress, but where yes. I'm going with this is that, <laughs> is that you know what I'm going, you know what I'm saying? I right? know, I so know. You go out here on the other, the, the other scope of things and they release documents and half of them are, you know, people can't see me at home with this uh, podcast, <sighs> but uh, you know, it's all blacked out folks. So if there's nothing to hide, well, national security. Hey, man, we're talking in the 40s. What yeah. absolutely, what could be, so stop the lies. Yeah, I stop said, the I lies. Lie on top of lie on top of lie. Well, you know, the thing is, is the simple fact of, you know, they release stuff. Like, let's say, you know, whenever they released the first batch of UFO stuff back in what, maybe 2010, 2012, mm -hmm. something along those lines. All right, so they released all this stuff, and they're like, oh, in the 1940s, this happened. Well, everybody was like, oh, they're admitting to Roswell. No, they were not admitting to Roswell. They were admitting to the Aurora incident yeah. that happened before yeah. Roswell did. So basically, they're admitting, but not admitting. So basically, it's, it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, yeah. Listen. I ate the folks. cookie, I, but it wasn't that cookie. <laughs> I've said this, and, and it's it's kind of in continuity with what we're talking about, people, and, and you can hate me for it or not. I love my country, but I, mm -hmm. there's there are many times, more 99.9% .9 of the time, I do not trust my government, and I surely don't like it because this is the kind of stuff that, I you know, I, I if there's some good that comes mm -hmm. out of it, as, as Leslie, as you're telling us, because I've seen the other documentary, where he goes on and on about all these dark, dark op things and there's negativity. Uh -huh. And I just, I had to turn it off. I thought, I don't you know, go with I, that, man. I'm not seeing it. I, I'm not I, seeing I it. Me neither. Me neither. And the only, like you said, the only thing that I would go along with folks is what Leslie had said, that the minute we get involved, us, uh, it goes left. And I love that description because, <laughs> you know, if you want to talk about who, <laughs> who the real angels are and who, who Satan is, it's us, folks. Look what we do to each other. Okay. Oh my God! Either, yes. Either be the greatest good that you've ever seen by to do th great things to, for one another, or just look around the world. So I know when it comes in continuity to this, we'll get back on track with your interview, Leslie. I'm sorry. No, but it's all it right. Be continuity with this, I just I I would want to believe that too, and I would almost like to believe that you know uh, if they are here working with us, and there's and maybe there's several mm -hmm. different you know uh, mm -hmm. uh, many species. Because yeah. we're friends with Dr. Michael Lynch. I don't know if you know Mike, but Michael, oh yes, his, yes, Mike's come on the show with us. He's good friends with Bob Elmer and myself. And Mike says the same stuff that you know there, there's also a contingent that's working with us that's trying to maintain some sort of a like a balance so we don't blow ourselves up. Yeah, type of thing yeah. As well. well, they're concerned. We come, you know, we come close. You know, we come close. I, I, 
Uh, it is the great experiment, and that's a term that is used often by ETs because we have, you know, the five fingers of man. We have uh, a diverse, uh, wildly different uh, genetic types of hominids. I mean, we have our, you know, we have northern people. We have, uh, you know, people in, in, in Africa who are, I mean, we have a wild situation here. But I agree with you completely because we do not need any help to be horrible to each other <laughs> and don't. we, we don't and i'm that. we have mastered it and i and i'm very tired of us not taking responsibility because i really think that you know and and from some of the info that i get and you guys I, I i you may agree with me or you may not but i really think at this point that there is a kind of gene roddenberry like united federation of planets and there is a benevolent structure of a be of beings that have evolved to a certain point and i also think they do have a kind of a hands-off thing they're trying to get us to grow up and solve our own problems and look we can't even we can't even create racial harmony on our planet and and you know and you know, what would happen if we were talking about interspecies harmony? At this point, you know, I think, you know, below the Mason-Dixon line, everything would just have to crack off. And, you know, because it's not going to happen. We have a great variety of um, a great diversity of people in different stages of evolution. I mean, we have, you know, we have Charles Manson and we have Adolf Hitler and we have, you know, other other despots and then you know we've got the dalai lama and mother Teresa. what a what a spectrum we have it's, it's always the fight of good and evil always it is always and fun. i'm i almost think it propels the universe yeah as light and dark, right positive, positive and negative. negative because someone on a you know i was i i was on a program very fascinating program the other day but um it it had a you know the the um the host was a also a demonologist. I mean, these are areas that are not my forte. I'm accepting right. of all. But, you know, how could we have angelic beings, which I believe we do, without having beings that have never physicalized, that are um, purely about every the vice negativity. and selfishness? Yeah they, they, yeah, they feed off negativity. Absolutely. Yeah, you can't have they God without the devil. I, I almost think so. I, I although I'm not, you know, I'm not sure that there's an anthropomorphic devil in that way, but there may be. You know, what who am I to say? But I do think that um uh, that we have to clean up our own backyard. And this is the message that a lot of experiences are getting, including um oh my goodness, who's that gentleman from Florida? He's uh he, oh he's He's a light, he's been an experiencer for so many years, but that was the message that he got. Jason Rice right. has gotten messages like that. I think we got to we got to take responsibility. We have to solve our own problems, and when and if we truly show, if we truly show our need and our heart and our intention, I think all the help that we would ever need is just at our fingertips. We could have zero point energy. We could. We could feed the world. We could put an end to people who are starving and sick. And shouldn't that be, shouldn't that be, that's our family. Shouldn't we be putting that before anything else? 
No, that's that's a thing that I'm involved in and something I believe in 100%. Um, we're going to take our first break, everybody. Stay with us, please. We're going to be back for more with the Velvet Hammer, Leslie Mitchell-Clark. And uh, I hope that's wine, isn't it? Is he drinking wine? She's drinking uh, wine. Well, I think well, it's, a juice, it's a juice box. But... It's a juice. <laughs> it's a grape juice, folks. I'm not the only one that calls it that. I am I, not the only I'm one sorry. that calls it that. Listen, I may be, oh, I my may God. Be it's my little juice daily. box. I know. Hey, we hey, may be giving a break. Yeah. Hey, we call it that. We call it that, too. Don't feel bad. We call it that, too. My little it's juice box. Well, I, I work pretty hard today, boys. I saw four people, and I'm, I'm uh, as we say in Yiddish, of a tutst, but I'm so happy oh, to see you guys. <laughs> Again, there's another award. <laughs> All right. Okay, we're, we're going to take a quick break, folks. We'll be back for more on I Want to Believe Radio. Don't forget some of our sponsors, as you will hear on a few of our PSAs. In between the excellent music that we bring to you here on Unrestricted Paranormal, you're listening. Uh, listening to us also on the I Want to Believe uh, fan page uh, on Facebook, as well as Live Radio 1. But let's thank our sponsors real quick, Henderson Castle, hendersoncastle.com. It's an 1895 bed and breakfast here in downtown Kalamazoo. You too can book your next stay here and enjoy yourself with a great uh, bit of dining. They have a dining facility, a chop house, and a spirit lounge. Yes, you heard it right, a spirit lounge. That is the bar, and they have several themed drinks Yours truly, you can come see me once a month. I host the historic ghost tours, if you will, of Henderson Castle. And uh, I've been working that as an investigator for 14 years, and I have a lot to share with you. Also, Gun Barrel Coffee. You've had the rest, drink the best. I know you still haven't got any coffee, Elmer, so just (laughs) shut your lips over there. I'm working on it. But the guys put together a great uh, deal of coffee. It's run by veterans. Uh, roasted by veterans. Proceeds of those sales go to veteran organizations. Also, those of you that see me on the video here, I am wearing Honor the Sacrifice shirt from Till Valhalla. This is also a veteran-run organization. Uh, The campaign is 22 a day. Unfortunately, we're losing 22 veterans a day Mm. uh, to mental illness and suicide. And so we definitely want you to get involved and help these folks out. Uh, They help the families, and they also prepare memorial plaques for these families that lose their veterans. Okay, having said that, we now will take our break. We'll be back for more.
Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> my mommy. Well, I've been Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive.
I tell all of you every show, we don't go anywhere. We're sitting here looking at each other on the monitor, and it's but it, but you you went somewhere. Hopefully, you got yourself a frothy beverage, some grape juice, if you will, or some <laughs> some coffee. I have Gun Barrel with some Bailey's in it. Oh, yummy, yummy! Drinking, mm. folks, out of my Ghostbuster uh, mug, and I want to remind Love everybody it. too that uh, November the new movie is coming out. Uh, I also run the Great Lakes Ghostbuster Coalition. Look it up on Facebook. I oversee 15 other Ghostbuster groups here in the state of Michigan. Uh, and we have the suits, the packs, the ectos. I just unveiled my ecto yesterday, uh, my brand new one, number seven that I've built. And uh, this is a thing that we do for charity outreach, spreading goodwill and fun through our fandom. Go check us out, please. Also, the Kalamazoo Ghostbusters. But we are with Leslie Mitchell Clark here on the I Want to Believe radio show. Uh, 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 you forgot and- the last part. You forgot what? the last part. The Velvet oh, the Hammer. The Velvet Hammer, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're Guys. also here with Elmer, the boss man boss. And uh, Leslie, thanks for being with us. Um, I know we, we've we've touched on some really deep things. And, uh, man, this is a great show. I'm going to have to have you back on for sure. Oh, I'd adore to come back anytime. I saw yeah. one of the bullet points, you know, when, when um, Michelle sends me these things, we always get, like, talking points. You know? Oh, yes. I try to stick to a lot of them. Sometimes, you know, like we're doing now, we just keep it loose. Like we're at the bar having a drink and we talk about what you do and you, you share with us what it is that you feel you really want to share, you know, the important parts of your life and your work. Mm -hmm. But I I saw one on here that I knew I was going to ask anyway, because I deal with this in paranormal investigating, which Mm -hmm. is there are times I have to discern with people who seem to have a mental illness Uh, Whether or not they deserve a certain degree of help on my part. Now, that's not to be not to be not professional or not to be, Mm -hmm. you know, and that I don't care. It's just Mm -hmm. I have to know I have to gauge whether or not the mental illness is part of what, you know, they think that Mm -hmm. they're seeing or is there other stuff happening as well. And I was going to ask you, how do you discern that? How do you how do you break that down? Oh, wow. What a question. And and how timely, because I just had a very traumatic incident where a a, a client, nobody who had anything to do with the metaphysical thing, I made an error in judgment and thought she was just an eccentric, neurotic person, but Mm -hmm. there turned out to be real evidence of psychosis and I had to release her as a, as a, as a client immediately. Now I'm not sure what the law is in, in Michigan, but I think it's the same as what we do because our guild is actually based in the U S I'm, I'm not really allowed to work with anyone who has been diagnosed with a mental illness. Now, by a mental illness, I don't mean just anxiety, depression, OCD, ADD. I don't mean any, uh, what I'm talking about is probably more like schizophrenic, uh, bipolar disorder, borderline personality, something psychotic and profound, you know, like that. So, um, and, and unfortunately, um, some people who are genuine experiencers have been damaged mentally by the things that have happened to them. Sure. And also there are there is a percentage of people who are having some kind of dissociative disorder and have had no metaphysical experiences but are in fact hallucinating, ideating, right. they're, they're all of that kind of right. stuff. Right. They're convinced. Now, what I usually do when someone wants to come see me and says that they've had, you know, an experience, I have a really, um, 
long intake that I either do on the phone or on Zoom or some way where I ask them a lot of questions right. and we have a chance to talk and I get and by the time that we finish chatting, I have a very good idea about whether or not that person uh, should pursue uh, hypnotherapy for recovered memories of ET experiences. I, I really, you know, I, I ask the right questions and even though people aren't often honest, you know, they will maybe hide right. their psychiatric history. Um, and I also think, you know, I'm also so thankful that I have all of those years of experience, you know, in the, in the, state mental hospital where I dealt with very, very sick people. So I, I seem to have my antenna up and um, it has never happened to me where I have treated someone with regression of an ET experience and they were not mentally well. I have always, thus, thus far, I have always been able to, you know, weed out the people who should not be utilizing my therapy. Now that doesn't mean that I hang them out to dry because I certainly do not. I have um, colleagues that are both psychiatrists and psychologists and psychotherapists who are open to the idea of ET contact. So depending on what that person needs, I will always refer them on to somebody understanding and wonderful that, that can help them and can legally help them as opposed to me you know, yeah. in this situation that we're in. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, that's how I've operated. You know, I mean, I, I'm not a trained, you know, psychologist by any stretch, but being an investigator in my career, you know, yeah. there were signs and there's a questionnaire that we, we give yeah. them. We do a yeah. interview first. And then I like to meet with the client, potential client, I should say. And we call yeah. them clients. I don't know why, because there's no money exchange. I have to call them a client. Now, when I work for, you know, and I also work uh, as under in a, um, I work as a consultant in a psychology practice. And when I'm doing that work, I can call them patients. Right. So right. it's. Anyway, what have you? But yeah, words. You know, we we like I said. You know, these were potential clients for, and all my group has done and always continue to do is to really go and prove that you're actually having you know real paranormal activity. Yes, I don't remove yes. and I don't. But uh, there were times, as I've I've said in the past. Yes. Um, kind of jokingly that I've turned into the paranormal social worker because those issues I saw on hand during my career and other things that, you yeah. know, we could sit down with people and, and share some insight and as an outside observer. But like you, I have a very tough questionnaire mm -hmm. and I look to ask things three different ways because yep. as I, I explained to them, once they pass both both the verbal interview and the one on one and the questionnaire mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as to why I do that, because I'm looking not to trip you up on purpose to catch you at something, but not everybody wants to be honest 100% up front. Very they true. Fear, yeah. They fear judgment. They fear, you know, uh, a whole number of things, you know. I'm oh, they are paranoid them. even but sometimes. Yes, very much so. And so I have only done one or two where I knew that the person was very upfront with me about mm -hmm. some mental health issues. And I said, mm -hmm. well, look, I don't want to be that guy that would turn them down to, to see if there's really things happening in the home just because they have a mental illness. I, I didn't feel very right about that, but mm -hmm, add mm -hmm. on to a couple different individual cases, which again, sounds like you've had the same experience mm -hmm. where I'm like, I, I can't help you. Here's, here's uh, somebody yeah. that we can recommend uh, because yeah. it was just, it was going to be too dangerous for their health 
yeah my well-being and putting my crew in any kind of harm's way yes. because i felt that yes. it was that serious and i think a lot of people doing this 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 work probably not so much yours well probably yours too they don't take those cautions. They really need oh, to be they don't. What doing, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of practitioners that don't. And and I think um, you know, I once asked, um, you know, of course I carry practitioner insurance like you know anybody would. Um, and I once, you know, I once asked the insurance guy. I said, you know, this is such a benign treatment. You know, the worst thing that happens is somebody can, can fall asleep. What are people suing about? What yeah. is the what is the the crux of why I would even need to carry insurance? And he said it all has to do with regression. So this is a sensitive kind of treatment, and wow. it really cannot be done on somebody who is unstable. Correct. So that's why, you know, we, we have to, but just like you, just like you, Danny, I, 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 um, I, you know, there's the questionnaire, there's the talk in person and, but thank God, I can honestly say that through that process and sending the people that need to go on to someone else, uh, the only problem I have ever had happened last week with a person who came for weight loss, you know, and that's in, that's in many years of practice. So, and, and I was fooled. I was fooled. I was, uh, that's all I can say. Error, error in judgment, error in judgment. I did not see the pathology until, you know, well, you know, even people with even borderline personality, people can maintain an appearance of normalcy for a period of time. It's just that they can't sustain it. Right, right. Um, as far as like, you know, these encounters, just to jump back to that real quick, too. Um, I've often had questions because we've had folks on who do a little bit of what you do. I'm friends with a mm -hmm. woman by uh, name of Lorna Reynolds and Lorna's been mm -hmm. on the program and Lorna does similar work to you. They, she does more of a past life regression thing, not mm -hmm. so much any of the ET stuff. But what age does this, I mean, because you, you brought that up when I shared my experience, mm -hmm. so it made me think of the question. What uh, age does this generally happen for people when they start having these, uh, ex like, encounters? Or I don't okay. want to say abductions because that sounds so violent. I don't like abductions. I don't like abductions either. So just encounters, I guess, is okay. good or experiences. Well, you know, from as I said a little bit earlier, I don't think there's any such thing as, as somebody having an isolated experience right. where they have a strong visual thing or an encounter of the fourth guy, whatever that may be. Um, what we seem to find in the majority of experiencers that take the route of regression is that their experiences begin around the age of two or three. Oh, wow. And and this sounds, I know this sounds absolutely incredible, but it is what, in fact, I just had an experience today with, uh, I was regressing a gentleman who had some partial memories of this and that, and we went back to when he was two. And he and a being came in and he flew through the ceiling. I mean, it's it's absolutely astonishing. But yes, it seems that these experiences begin um, very early. And of course, now, uh, thank goodness. And I think since the late '80s, um, this one of the things I didn't follow. But the, this this agreement that Truman made with this specific group of Greys to harvest genetic material, it it ran out. I mean, it it was timed. And so, thank God, most of the experiences, experiencers that I work with now have been 
taken and had experiencers later than like the late 80s. So we don't see really as much of this um, uh, odd, you know, DNA taking. And, you know, of course, with women, it's much more physical. They would harvest eggs. Some some graves have been used women repeatedly to, to um, have a fertilized um, hybrid child, and then they would remove it and put it somewhere else. So it, a whole a whole plethora of this kind of stuff went on and thank god now it doesn't happen however um you know i deal with a certain type of of ptsd you would have to call it and uh, also oh, yeah, speaking from these encounters i can only imagine yeah exactly and speaking of veterans i just wanted to say one thing yes i'm politically very left-wing but i have a huge a, a huge personal thing uh, about about treating veterans with with dignity and with thanks and and everything else that comes with that and one of the things about this secret space program all these black ops programs where where people have served and then have been regressed or whatever the heck happened to them there is a whole huge chunk of society that are veterans and are being dishonored. They're dishonored because they're not they their memories have been repressed. We have to fight to get them back. They're dishonored because they have come back with battle injuries and mental health issues, and they're not being treated. The, you know these people can't go to the VA. They can't. You know they are they are invisible. It in a way it reminds me of what happened after Vietnam. You know that the 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 people that did fight were treated with such disrespect and, and because it was an unpopular war, right? Yeah. Well, and, well, and, and there's a number of, there's a number of, of operative, you know, uh, how do I want to put this groups that operate in all the different military branches. Mm -hmm. uh, and as you said, if there's one that's in a deep space program, you're sworn to national security and secrecy till the day you are the ground. And, you yes. know, it, it piles up on you after a while, you know, being privy to certain secrets. Yes. There's times you feel, well, it's safe to talk about it now. Well, you know, somebody knocks on the door or you get a phone call reminding you that, hey, you know, your family's doing really well over there on such and such street. And I've heard such yeah. reports from people that they yep. even get through threat, yep. threat of life. And yep. it, it, like you said, it's got to be a PTSD moment where you're just holding all this info and maybe at times against your own conscience, mm -hmm. once you reach a point in your life where you're thinking, man, people need to know about this stuff and know what's going on. And, and I can, I can, I, I don't even want to say I can imagine because I cannot imagine. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's unbelievable that it takes place. And I, I know where you're going with that. I, and I agree with you too. It's a very sad and unsaid thing. And, it's and wrong. Uh, these people it, it, need to be need to be treated better and need to be uh, you know they need to be the acknowledged. I'm talking about they U.S. veterans, folks around the world, around the world. You know these people that go out here and do this thing for betterment of mankind and themselves yeah. or personal yeah. reasons they join. I, I'm getting on a soapbox, so you know. No, I'm, I'm with you. Opposite, I'm with you, man. I'm on the opposite side. I'm on the opposite side of the aisle than you are, but you know what? We can still get along and we can still share ideas. And my message has always been, regardless of whether where I'm at, you know, where I come from politically is that, can we just stop? Yeah. You know, we got political here, didn't we, Elmer? Can we just stop well, everybody and get along and stop the nonsense? Okay. Yeah. Please, yeah. Please, I think we're getting, 
you know, we're getting apolitical. We're going beyond that mm. because we're talking about unity and, and, and oneness. And this again, these are again are the messages that, that, that people with encounters are getting. We are all one, you know, and, and I really believe actually that uh, we are in the same kind of soul group, if you will, with, um, with many different species. And, um, you know, even, you know, I don't know if Paul Hillier, God bless him, ever did your show. He was, he just passed away last week, but Paul Hillier was the, um, he was the vice premier of Ontario and he was the, um, he was the, um, national security director of canada for some time mm. and mm. uh he became know he is, yeah. you know who i mean he yeah. became a primary whistleblower and yep. spent the balance of his life after public service writing books and talking about what he knew and yeah. no one trying, stopped trying him he was know. right brave as anything but he he said um i believe the figure was 83 he said there were at least 83 different species that the Canadian government was dealing with in full, um, uh, you know, the trade agreements, uh, treaties, you name it. And, and he also said that as far as he knew, really every major government in the world was involved with the secret space program. So, you know, this, and, and there's trillions of dollars. I mean, as an American, I feel there are trillions upon trillions of dollars that are missing that have gone to these projects, which the American people had a right to approve or not approve. And, you know, that's me coming from a left-wing socialist country, but no, no, that's how I feel. It's not just you. We, we are all of us, a lot of us, not all I'm, I'm generally speaking. There's many of us over here too, saying this goes in hand in hand with how come we haven't been back to the moon guys. And how about, you know, the information. Correct. Things escape NASA folks. And I've seen things that I've truly (sighs) believable. Uh, You know, astronauts themselves started Mm -hmm. blowing the whistle and saying things, you know, things that were really cryptic and strange. But (sighs) let me get back to these children, because I've always wondered, I've always wondered, you see how my wheels work, right? They're constantly going on 10 different things. So if I jump from one thing to another, (laughs) please forgive me. Um, Elmer knows, Elmer knows the story. I got 100 things going on at one time. Yeah, that poor little gerbil is going to die one of these days. He is. <laughs> but I feed him Get him well. a new wheel, for God's sake. Yeah, please. Get him <laughs> water or something. I mean. Or some water. <laughs> water on the brain. Not the juice box. Not the juice box. <laughs> Not the okay. juice box. No, Not no. Not the juice box. Yeah. Um, so creating these hybrid children, I mean, and they're out here in society. Hell, I could be one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you could be one. There's... What's the purpose? I mean, is is it to for the betterment of us, or is there some other underlying thing that is happening? Does that make Boy, sense? Boy, this is this is this is the question. It really, really is. Now, I have had um, many, many people that I've worked with have been shown their hybrid children. Um, because of course, you know, they've taken genetic material and they do it, they use a lot of, they do it in all kinds of various kind of icky ways and, uh, they use screen memories and this and that. But, but, um, I have had, you know, grown men sitting in my hypnosis chair sobbing because their children were shown to them and then taken away. So, you know, we, we, 
we have an attachment to these beings. I think that I think that they can many of them now can live on our planet you know that they have there's been enough of a combo situation going on that they can i think some of them still have to live aboard craft but it seemed this seemed to be the kind of end result of this genetic um uh issue that went on that I was describing during the Truman administration this seemed to be this seems to be part of what they are trying to do and maybe they just can't reproduce maybe they just need fresh DNA I mean I you know it's uh, and it's not it's not all it's this specific group of grays it's not I don't want anybody to get the idea that all grays are bad or all reptilians are bad or all insectoids are bad. We're talking now with these with these hybrid hybridization experiments. We're talking about a specific group of grays, the same grays of the Corona crash and the Roswell crash. That's what we're talking about. So, so these yeah. Zeta reticulates. Yeah, I was going to ask Elmer, where are you on all that? I mean, do you believe that there's they've been here and there's been races working with us? Because you, you've been in the UFO thing long before I got into this stuff. Well, you know, that's the thing. Um, you know, yeah, they, they have. I mean, if you look back at some of the stuff, I mean, even if you look back, if you want to, if you don't follow the Bible and actually look at the Bible and actually kind of read it into a non-religious aspect of it. I mean, you know, you have beings coming down from the heavens and creating, you know, hybrid humans, you know, Nephilim, all that. Mm-hmm. All and, that. You know, and, you know, giants and all this stuff. Well, mm-hmm. you know, how are we created as well? I mean, all in all, I mean, we're pretty much hybrids as well. I mean, We are the hybrids. Yeah, I, I mean, we're the original experiment and now you know this other species wants to come in and try to put their twist on it it's kind of like how i hate to say it like this it's gonna sound god awful but you know it's like having like a two different breeds of dogs and you want to splice them together to make a new breed of dog mm-hmm. i mean it's basically that's what they're doing i mean they're just experimenting with us seeing what we're doing i mean it's kind of like you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, why do people, like, you know, like the whole abduction thing, like, why do they put implants in them? Well, when you catch a fish, you know, the DHHR or whoever is going to put, like, you know, chips in the fish to track uh-huh. it, see where it's going, all that stuff. Just like cattle, you know, yeah. they chip yeah. the cattle, you know, all that. I mean, yeah, they, I mean, I hate to sound like this, and I mean, some of the reports that I've read – you know, it's like some of the species of aliens uses for cattle to eat. You know, well, I and hope I, that's not true. That's a Twilight Zone to serve man, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's tr- right. Twilight yeah. Zone but, episode. You know, oh, but geez. I mean, in the long run, I mean, it, it kind of would make sense to well, you I, know. I, I I believe with a lot of what you're saying, Elmer, and what Leslie's touched on too. And I never used to years, you know, until a few years ago. Uh, when they you know, they finally uh, released and discovered that it's either Cro-Magnon or Neanderthal uh-huh. isn't even uh-huh. related to us, and I thought, yeah. how could how could that be? Oh yeah, how could we yeah. have two different humanoids living on the planet? Oh well, we don't know. Okay, yeah. well that opened the book for me. I'm thinking, well, I know <laughs> because yeah. I think 
some of us, a majority of us are not from here. I think we were, we were genetically engineered and we yep. were put here. Like you said, a great experience. That does not shake my faith and it does not change no. things that I believe in because I still think there's a higher power. I don't even want to get to a whole nother, whole nother show. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's it, like I said, there's way too many things that just do not add up, but then they add up in other directions, if that makes well, any nonsensical sense. No, it, it makes total sense. And just, just to just to parenthesize and really concur with what you're both saying, human beings, humanoids, homo sapiens sapiens, we have over, I think it's over 6,000 genetic things that can go wrong. Yep. And I, I mean, it's, it's incredible. Nowhere else in nature do we find any being that has anything like that kind of um, capacity for flawed genetic stuff and i think to a certain extent we you know in our in our creation probably by the anunnaki whatever one chooses to believe um they tinkered around with our dna and 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 sometimes there have been very uh, bad consequences from that it's not a perfect job we're not talking about gods here we're talking about people who are just a little bit ahead of us in in the whole situation and we are them uh and um especially um when you talk about um you know hyperboreans norse people you know the anunnaki were very tall and blonde i mean i think and and then many of us are carrying Carrying um, O negative blood, myself included, which is only in one and a half percent of the population, and you too. There you go. That is, there is something very significant about O negative blood. It is, in mm -hmm. fact, the oldest blood type. They know when the different blood types came in. O and O negative was first. We don't have anything. We don't have that rhesus coating on our blood cells, which means how could we have even developed on this planet coming from the animal kingdom without that? And, it's, and I discovered recently too, Leslie, that my family, you know, through the, uh, you know, the gene thing sending on mm -hmm, whatever it was, mm -hmm. that twenty-three uh, in a year. Know, yeah, and that we discovered that I come from a Dane background. A lot of my family. Uh, mm -hmm. and Irish, and then there's German. Yep, and me too. That's crazy, you know, and it explains a lot of weird things, but then the other thing as well, now when you mentioned, you know, like the Norse-looking, uh, you know, alien species, mm -hmm. here, I always think of that whole Thor uh, scenario, yeah. you know, with Eisenhower yeah. and whatnot. Do you, do you put much much into that story? Do you think I really, story? it looks very compelling to me uh, when you're talking about Valiant Thor. It looks very mm -hmm. compelling to me because he was a being a Pleiadian who, you know, the Pleiadians look just like us. They can move right. among us. Actually, and Pleiadians incorporate, encompasses you know, quite a few groups, the Lyrans, the this, the that, you know, the, so, so I, you know, I've seen the photographs and, and um, it just resonates with me and it makes a lot of sense. And it also makes sense that here, this guy came, you know, to say, you know, I'm a representative, I'm, I'm not a God, I'm here, but I can help you. And his help was rejected, particularly with regard to uh, switching to uh, zero point energy. And and all of a sudden, you know, no gas vehicles, no coal mining, you know, all that yeah, kind of I'm, thing. And I'm a terrible human being, Leslie, because I love my, you know, I love my cars and I love, <laughs> but at That's the same okay. time, but at the same time, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that, you know, that 
we should have, a, we're in the 21st century, folks, everybody listening. Uh-huh. I want you to stop and think for a minute. Listen to Dan here. Dr. Dan's going to talk for a second. Why do we not have these energies? Why do we not have, you know, un, inexpendable energy sources? We, we should by now. We should. Uh-huh. And what you see is these businesses, it's another show, conglomerates getting together to pound this stuff down and hide it. And I do not and hide it. That. They're and, doing and, it. There, there's downfalls to some green energy production and there's downfalls to what we're still doing. The fact of the matter is we, you know, we look at the technology jump we've had folks since world war two. Uh-huh. And if you go back and look at our industrial age, and again, I want people to think on this and how long it took to reach certain aspects of our creativity and where we were as mankind in that huge jump, less than 70 years. And we yeah. now have, we now have cell phones, folks, that could have powered the moon program in 69. So that's right. Cell phone. OK, yeah, I yeah. It. Uh, it, it's incredible. So where did we go with that? Like, come on. There's been engineering versus engineering. This is why we have the things we have. Absolutely. And, and let alone a discovery that uh, Elmer and I heard uh, on another show we did last week, you know, about the things they're discovering now with crystals and how they're oh. going to be able to do stuff with crystals. So if you don't yeah. think they're extraterrestrial involvement i i just i don't know what else i could do or send you or where leslie could send you maybe she could work with you to have you really see that something is going on here i truly it's, believe that people are 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 fearful for no reason yeah, you know the, afraid. i just want to know fear is that they we we just have to be afraid of what our rogue you know humanoids are doing that's Correct. what we have to be afraid of not not the benevolent beings that are cousins that want to help yeah. us and yeah. i think they bear i think particularly if it's anunnaki they bear responsibility for you know maybe cutting off part of our DNA so that we wouldn't yeah, be able to um, ascend, uh, you know, or whatever. And, and I'm going to use really foul language, folks, so forgive me in advance. But, you know, Elmer and I were talking off air about people what we know and some people we've encountered. And it goes for this with these these programs, these hidden things and, uh-huh. and us as human beings. Folks, there's shit people out here, okay? And they have nothing but their self-interest at heart. Yep. And, and honestly, I mean... Yep. Maybe we'll reach a day where we're going to rise up or maybe things will slowly, you know, change on its own. Um, but I don't know. Like I said, it's just, it's a terrible thing to think on. But Leslie, as I interjected, and I know I interrupt a lot, I apologize. Because, again, okay. the wheels are running constantly. Um, you know, I'm not afraid of this information or to really, truly know. It doesn't frighten me. I just think I just want to know. I don't understand, you know, with some of the stuff that we probably should be let in on, why I guess I understand parts of it, but the secrecy is just, it's reached a point of just ridiculousness at this point. Oh, it is ridiculous. It's completely inane. I mean, and, but the thing is, you know, we really are, I mean, we really are living in a time of truth. There is no suppressing the kind of programming that you are doing and that other people are doing. And I think that the ETs became frustrated with trying to deal with us on any kind of administrative level. And my feeling is that disclosure is now a grassroots movement. Yeah, and, and you just segued into my next question was, what What do they truly want? What are they truly after? 
in all this? What what is it juice that boxes. ETs truly want? <laughs> yeah, they, they want, want yeah. juice boxes. They want, they want, they want they juice want boxes. <laughs> they want juice boxes. That's what they want. I was going to say they no. want they want a, they want an In and Out burger and a check yeah. on every corner. You know. Oh so. God, I'd love an In and Out burger right now. I know, right? Oh my God. Anyway, well that be that aside, um, what we really hear. Um, our messages of humanity and we're trying to help you and you don't need to suffer and you won't open yourselves up and you keep doing the same shit over and over again it, it just seems like messages of help that that we are not you know, really absorbing now one thing that i i don't know if you've explored this much or, or heard anybody talk about this on on uh, your program but the experiencers who are mature, and I'm going to say like probably entering midlife, what seems to happen at that point is physical um, encounters don't really happen the way they did. They're not really taken aboard crap, that kind of thing. But what does happen is they've been taught to uh, use, I would have to say, astral projection techniques because I think that various ETs are not necessarily even physically here when they're showing themselves. I think okay. they use holographic technology um, and I think they and I think they are all expert at uh, at sending their psychophysical body or by locating, which which we can do. We have great llamas and and uh, you know wonderful spiritual evolved people that can do this now. So this is not that far out. But one of the reasons that I think that people are selected, um, in addition to psychic ability, in addition to heredity, is the ability to by locate because that is how we communicate in the forthcoming uh, intergalactic world. We don't send faxes. We're not texting. We can actually show up without putting our physical body through uh, through the stressor of, of going through a wormhole or space travel. Because it's always a stressor. That's the thing. That's the thing about space travel. There's no clean, effortless space travel. Even in, um, I, don't, I don't know if you've ever read the amazing book from Len Caston called The Secret Journey to Planet Serpo. But it was about a government program. He, he got a whistleblower. It was about a government program that involved an exchange of, uh, I think, 20 or so of our astronauts, men and women, and then beings from Serpo came over the serpents and they were they were distantly related to us they i or are you know they they were grays yes but not not these little tall barely biological guys they were they were you know bipedal beings so um in that instance uh this this exchange sort of mimicked um, what maybe many of you saw in Close Encounters of the of the Third Kind. Do you remember at the end of the film where all the astronauts line up and they get on board? The, well, that actually happened, boys and girls. That actually occurred. Michael told Michael's told us that too. Yeah, he's told us yeah, that story. It, too. It's happened, and uh, if you can ever get boy, if you can ever get Lens uh, Len Caston on the show, he's well, he's a there genius. Go, just a Right. Just a lovely, lovely guy, but um, but he wrote 
The Secret Journey to Planet Serpo, and it is a landmark book in so in you're, ufology. You're talking, you're talking about you know them t exchanges and stuff. What 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 is exactly? I mean, are there characteristics to who they want to trade out with, or anybody that they're coming down and taking? Is there certain things they're looking for, or is it just a randomized? Well, the serpents, the people, the beings from planet Serpo never kidnapped, never took anybody. So this taking of beings that you're talking, that, that we have seen with these particular greys, these Zeta reticulites from the Roswell situation, that was their thing. We are not being taken in that way by, by the beings that we engage with normally right. although i think we have the freedom if we wish to accompany them to go on right. craft um, right yeah or but and then also we've got as i said you know many of these lifelong experiences when they get into middle life they're actually it's almost as if they're living two parallel lives because when they're sleeping or napping or whatever they're bilocating and they're actually working with the evolved beings to try and raise the consciousness they're trying to help us raise our consciousness they're trying they don't want us to blow up our planet that would be talk about talk about love island man i mean that love canal that would be a that would be a not love island love canal that would be a toxic a galactic a waste dump that would affect everybody so that's the last thing that they want they want us to start using clean energy and they want us to you know to love our fellow man and you know understand that our behavior is putrid i have a couple of strange questions which i usually throw a couple out of the box things at people i never it's not to ambush so don't be worried um so do you think that in your experience um let's take a, a group let's say a group of 20 people that you've worked with they've mm -hmm. all had they've all had an encounter Mm -hmm. of either being, you know, taken and brought brought back and, and these mm -hmm. types of things. Do they have shared, I was thinking on this, do they have shared experiences? Like, you know, if they were able to, uh, like, I don't even know how to put this in words, Leslie. Um, you know, I had a vision of, like, spending time with my father when he was alive when I was real little. Mm -hmm. um, I'd go out and he'd have me on some weekends and I would, we'd go out and sit in the lawn chair and we'd stare at the, at the sky in the country. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no light, you know, uh, coming in. So you can see everything. And I always felt like I, like I could be there. I felt content and I felt like that's something, that's a place where I should be. Am I making sense? Do they have, do all of them have a shared experience or something that's like a trigger and they, they feel it deeply and it's, it's almost like a relaxing, resting, um, I think so. I, I think so. I think our our state of anxiety, our our anxiety and our fears and the things that we go through, um, have a lot to do with our neurological system, our animal aspects uh, that we could be hyper scanners, scanning for danger. I mean, there's all kinds of things. But what we see in these evolved beings is just like what you were describing. Uh, they seem to exist. Um, I don't want to say like a heavenly state because that sounds too religious, but they seem, they are definitely existing in a higher vibrational oh, environment, yeah. a higher vibrational environment. And, you know, interestingly enough, and 
you know, this is, this is pretty far out, but um, what I have done, and I still do lots of past life regressions and interlife regressions. And, you know, in the, in the interlife, which I think I mentioned earlier, that's, that's where we are. Uh, it's one of the levels of the afterlife as we call, it. but that's where we are before we decide to come back in if we wish to. That's where we have our past life reviews and we go through all this stuff. And, um, you know, Michael Newton, the great Michael Newton, discovered that people have many points of commonality when they cross over. And there are certain things that everybody goes through. And one of those things is what they call the life review, where we meet with our guides and our, and it's not like a punishing thing. It's a, let's look at this and let's figure it out. It's, it's, a, it's a loving kind of thing. But very often when I have taken people to see their council, um, there are beings on the council that are not fully humanoid in the sense that we would think of them. You know, they may have elongated skulls or, you know, this, that, I mean, you know, not, nothing too far out, but it seems that we are in a soul group. If these beings are participating in the afterlife with us on a comfortable basis, and, and I know that people do incarnate, humanoids do incarnate on other planets. So if we have these shared experiences, uh, we are one. We are in the same soul group. And even the Pope, God bless him, even the Pope has said publicly that the discovery of other life forms, other beings, in no way affects the belief in a universal creative spirit. And none of that stuff is in any conflict with Catholicism. That's a big deal. It is. And I think for me, just for me personally, okay, everybody, so don't send me hate mail. If you do, send it to Bob Penny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> only Elmer gets that joke. <laughs> um, so if if we if something happened tomorrow, at least for me, Leslie, that they came down and said, well, you know, we found out we this is going to blow everybody, you know, wide open. Hopefully there's not going to be violence and everything else uh, that, you know, uh, God came down yesterday. We're going to have a news conference with him. He's proven to us that he's God, but you know what? He's very much just like a man. Um, and he's the one that designed and helped put us here. And he's omnipotent in a sense that he, he's immortal and he lives forever. Is that going to shake the idea that I've been taught through certain portions of Christianity? And, and I have issue with that, even though I'm a person that believes in God, that mm -hmm. you know most religions that were out there before Christianity showed up, uh, already had ideas of, of a creator, uh, whether it be one or two or whatever. I just oh, yeah. It really blow my mind away to where I couldn't live my life. And, uh, no. you know, you, you just pro progressively, I think, spiritually in a good way, people should probably embrace that more because, you know, mm -hmm. I say that I'm a Christian in my background, but that's just the title that I'm throwing out there because I don't really know how to describe it. I, I'm yeah. a spiritual individual, and I, I believe that I didn't just show up from nothing. Um, yeah. And, and science to me has always been a great tool. I'm going to get hate mail on this, too, because we were already we were already kind of touching on that a little bit. And what you were you were describing about, you know, the ETs and, and where they're at with some of the stuff is that I try to remind people all the time that we invented our own math. We invented physics that we understand that we know it to be. Mm -hmm. That does not mean that's the explain all folks to everything that goes on in the universe. Yeah. Um, 
past the universe, you know, because their science and their math could be something totally different. And because we keep saying, well, this uh, ET stuff and these craft, you know, according to our physics and our math and our gravity and all this and that, it can't be, it can't be real. Oh, we have a lot of people that say that kind of stuff. And I'm constantly trying to debate and I don't have a degree, but I'm just saying, man, that cannot be. Can you just yeah. walk outside every day in your life, folks, and look at everything and wonder around you of all the creation that is that shouldn't be, but yet there it is. And you want to tell me that you think that we know everything? I know. We are, like you said, when we are like the worst we can be to each other. Oh, <laughs> man. And we, a lot of our world so looks more. like it looks like Mordor. I mean, it's really bad news. <laughs> right, you know, right. it, it, it's, right. it's really, really bad. So, you know, I, I think and, you know, certainly uh, we now know or, or the, you know, Graham Hancock and all the foremost thinkers, we now know that they, you know, the great pyramids of Egypt were, were uh, made to harness Earth energy. You know, that was free energy, which was happening in the old kingdom Egypt or right. possibly right. even, you know, before that. I think personally, I think the pyramids are, are, are far older than than, you know, it has nothing to do with Khufu, nothing to do with him. It was far Elmer, before think, that. Yeah, I think, Elmer, you said that, too, you know, and we were talking to an individual about, um, you know, I, I questioned like, well, listen, you know, if they were using torches or anything that they had done in there, and again, this is a very, you know, controversial thing, but it, it's mm -hmm. a true fact. There's no soot anywhere inside these. Nothing. Pyramids, so no. how did they light them? Well, now we found diagrams and somebody built them with yeah. material from them and yeah. they created light bulbs. So I'm just thinking, they you work. Know, guys, you can't slip a piece of paper in between some of these blocks. Now you want to sit yeah. there and tell me that man hand chiseled those to perfection when we still can't even hardly do that with laser devices we have no now. we can't so really let's no just, let's get off the pedestal yeah i'm not telling you that it's aliens i'm just saying that there's some very interesting unexplained things oh there's a lot of in un, very <laughs> interesting uh inexplicable uh you know dissonances going on there and unfortunately you know um the Egyptian government, you know, has a guy in charge, Dr. Zawas, who's, you know, really a very eccentric character and is and not very amenable yeah. Yeah. to anybody but, you know, Egyptians coming and doing the thing. Now, the, the, the thing that's being suppressed right now, and this is this is on the, you can, this is a true fact. They, they have done quite a few studies, uh, uh, the British Museum, quite a few studies on the DNA of the Old Kingdom uh, pharaohs and their families. And what they have found out is these were Europeans. They were early Indo-Europeans. They were not Semitic. They are yeah. not Arabic. Yeah, because if you look at if you look at the very you know for the you know for the longest time yeah. anything that they would do in effigy to any of these they all look they were ordered to make them all look the same. Mm -hmm. And then when that was finally overturned and thrown out, now you have very lifelike, you know, uh, facial masks and, yep. and features. Plus, we've made up faces of, of some of the skulls. Yes. Yes. You're right. They don't look like the rest of the Egyptians. So you're They're like, not. Well, guys, just like uh, Air, uh, Elmer had alluded to, too, there are portions over there, you know, where they're discovering giant bones and people just keep. Oh, my goodness. This stuff, and I'm just 
Yeah, well, I'm sorry, it, I got off track. It no, you're right, mind. but the the Smithsonian, it's the Smithsonian Institution is is hugely responsible yep. for destroying uh, valid archaeological evidence of giants of gigantic humanoids that are that are in burial middens all across North America, and uh, they rounded up. You know, as these discoveries, people were digging into these mounds at the turn of the last century through the 20s and such. And they, according to, according to what you know, I've been told, they gathered up these humongous skeletons of 14 foot, 17 foot, 18 foot beings and incinerated them. You know, so you know because it doesn't fit. You know, well, you know, luckily there's still quite a few of these large skeletal remains in Malta and Sardinia and also on Catalina Island, which is off the coast of, of Los Angeles. Quite I, I, a have few. To, I got to throw out a compliment to you, Leslie. You know your stuff. You are, you are, she knows her stuff, right, Elmer? I'm a nerd. I'm the queen <laughs> no, of the nerds. <laughs> you're with two other nerds right here, too. You know your stuff. Oh, it's the nerd patrol, because, man. Because you're, you're, you're on to everything that I follow, look at, and examine, mm -hmm. and, you know, research. And I'm not just into the ghost thing. I'm also into this stuff, too. And, um, I definitely want to have you back for a part two because there's so much more I want. Oh, I would love um, that. And you, you know what I would really love sometime, and I think it's probably doable, would for me to be able to join you guys on a ghost investigation. That's one of my very favorite okay. things to do, and I belong to several organizations. Where it's not that big a deal. I could get If I can get to Windsor, which is easy, once everything cools down and I can cross a land bridge, I can't now, you know, I can't come over to Detroit. I can't. It's, it's, it's forbidden for the next month. But once that settles down, I would love to come over and join you guys. You have an open invite with me anytime. We, uh, we've done 281 investigations in 14 wow. years. Wow. Yeah, we were busy. We, my group wanted to have stuff every weekend when we first started and I jokingly, this, it's a true statement, but it is kind of funny. My wife sat me aside one night and said, you know, it would be really nice that you see the kids before they graduate college. <laughs> and it's just like, because I, it started off as a hobby, folks. And Elmer knows, because Elmer retired from it, that, man, you become so obsessed. And you, you're on it all the time. I'm still on it. But the, the weird yeah. part is, too, once you get a taste of some of the drama and some of the other things, it kind of, it kind of backs you off of it a little bit because yeah. again, people are, are humans, you know, uh, people are people, but I, you have open invite anytime. We, oh, we focus thank on a you. lot of historical places. I don't, I don't get into too many personal investigations anymore. Like I said, right. I got a little, little right. wore out emotionally because yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit of an empath too. And yeah. it was just a little too frustrating at times. Yeah. But, uh, I'm doing some great sites, Leslie. I'd love to have you. Fantastic. Over. We, we will make that happen. We'll, we'll do yeah. the castle. We'll do the poorhouse. The castle is famous. The castle is famous. I, I, I've, I've longed yeah, to investigate Henderson Castle for years on it. So, uh, yeah, we'll, when, as soon as it's possible for that to happen, uh, we will do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I have one more to throw at you before we get to the end of the show here now. Um, we talked about them, you know, taking folks in the secret yeah. uh, program. Ha has there is there any involvement with this that would suggest the super soldier program that's involved with any of this stuff? Oh boy, boy, you know what, man? That is a that is a show 
in itself. I, I, I do, I have seen evidence of that. And as I, and as I mentioned, uh, you know, Captain Randy Kramer, he believes that he was enhanced in, in the womb in vitro, that he received genetic enhancement before he was even born. So I do think that there has that that has happened and also many experiencers this is kind of surprising many experiencers who have been part of these either the super soldier programs or one of these diverse programs many of them had families in the military and they were also stationed along what we call the dew line which which is a northern a northern line in Canada but extends into Alaska. It's a U.S.-Canadian line of um, defense um, defense missiles and bases yeah. that were designed to protect us from the Russian threat. Okay, so yeah, that's have, the yeah, do line. Yeah, we have some of those left over in the UP. There's a few of them that are yes. abandoned, but they're still there, yeah. And some of them function, some of them don't. But, you know, back in the day, many of these men and women who ended up in this kind of enhanced genetic kind of situation were were from mil professional military families and they were stationed on the do line okay. so i do think there was some opportunistic thing about uh you know let's let's get the you know let's get the kids you know if they show ability we'll use them i i think there was an opportunistic thing with the children of of um, military personnel which again upsets me very much but yeah, that I, I heard you know that and i just wondered if, where you were at with that too well it seems to be that seems to be a, a big chunk of what we're dealing with with these individuals that have had in fact genetic upgrades from either before birth or from early on with the idea of them being able to be super soldiers of course part of that super soldier thing was splitting the personality they wanted to have an aspect of the personality that they could control that would be an unemotional killer or operative and uh, guess what it, it didn't work that's insane yeah that's really insane it is but I believe it. I believe it. Um, tell everybody where they can find your book. You have a book that's uh, called Intersection. It's a true story of extraterrestrial contact. And I guess where they can locate you and find you and find all the great things that you're doing. Oh, fabulous. Well, uh, the book is, uh, I, I should probably mention, it is a like a case history. It is a story of an individual, a college professor that I worked with from when he first realized that he had been an abductee, I hate you, that word, an experiencer, to how he learn to integrate it into his life and beyond uh, and so it's in that sense it's got a lot of transcriptions from actual sessions something you don't see too often in these types of books so um, I would love it if you'd pick it up uh, the the book is available on amazon.com or amazon.ca or wherever you amazon it is available and uh, you can always reach me at leslie l e s l e y at lightworkhypnosis.com it's like all one word and i'm available you can find me on facebook either as lightwork hypnosis or leslie mitchell clark and i am always always happy to speak to anybody who just wants to reach out about their experience and you know i'm 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 here to you know be a be an open uh safe 
sounding board if there's something that you would like to talk about. So are, are please get in touch. Doing, are you still doing the YouTube uh, the contact oh, TV? Oh, still do it after okay. 12 years. We're still doing uh, contact TV on YouTube. And now I it's a full... Oh, I'm sorry. Now it's a full studio production, so we don't have as many shows, but hopefully they look better. Hopefully I look better. I need a little work, though, I tell you. Thank you. No, nah, you look beautiful. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, you look great. Um, thank thank you. you for so much for taking time out of your, your life to be with this crazy show. My pleasure. Uh, My pleasure. We often call it a train wreck of fun, but, uh, you know, and I appreciate the nice words at the beginning. You know, we really are, you know, Elmer's into this stuff, and we're just mm. trying to share experience and knowledge with yeah. uh, whoever tunes in and listens. I, I can tell you Sunday nights, um, you know, we're hitting 520,000 potential listeners, folks. Uh, Wonderful. On unrestricted radio alone, especially through Reverb Nation and everything else we're hooked up to. So, um, cool. you know, and the local audience here in Michigan, which is right around about 3,000 or 4,000 times. Wow. So, we, yeah, and I'm not about the numbers, but I thought I'd mention it because I'm humbled by that, that people are tuning in. Uh, yeah. Downloading the episodes. Everybody, uh, to listen more uh, to this show and um, why we've got Leslie on here still for a moment or two, you go over to www the michigan 69 podcast.com page okay that's our network and you will see a player on the front page everybody and you can scroll through whatever your show is that you want to listen to we've got smp shows i want to believe shows bob's even in a couple of them um <laughs> we have a few that <laughs> we have a few that uh are a little off off base and and we have a couple of things called uh fear the mind radio folks which is old time radio shows one of my favorite Ooh, things to listen love to. that and uh once in a while with permission uh we're going to be doing a new thing here uh folks that we're going to be able to put some old uh best of coast to coast things on mm. and I, had to, I had to get permission from you know uh mr dan heiser and a few other people oh yeah and uh so we've been lucky and we've been granted a yes so we'll be playing some old stuff on there that you can listen to at your convenience great uh, we so also have a page for where, where goat? go ahead who did what goat did you like sacrifice to what god to get that like, how did you do I, that? I contacted them, and I had talked to Mr. Dan Heiser years ago about being on the program, and I, I backed out because I didn't feel I had enough to share yet. So hopefully I might be showing up on that show at some time because I've put in an application to try to be on. So I'd like to share some of my paranormal work. But um, we also have a page, folks, on the network uh, to Dr. Michael Lynch. We've got, you know, his... A uh, few of his uh, videos and, a couple, of course, his Paranormal Zen, which I love because when Mike gets talking, he could you, you, you'll you stay awake, but he could just about put you to sleep. He's got that kind of voice. And uh, he, he always covers some interesting topics. We also have a memorial page to my good friend Jason Sullivan, who we lost uh, two months ago. Oh, so sorry. Now. I thank you. And he was just a, a great, phenomenal guy for Paranormal debunking and information and you can watch his instructional videos uh, on there as well we've got uh, our friends from uh, fireland uh, podcast that are taking a hiatus but we've got some of their shows trust me we network a lot of people we've got a new one coming to uh, the network here it's a uh, sinister and strange uh, stories that's not the whole title but i'm looking forward to having these girls on because they cover true crime and Ooh. just crazy things and and they have a lot of fun with what they do and uh, we're happy to share the network with them. Of course, Facebook and Live Radio 1. And as always, we're going to let Elmer head us out. 
Keep your eyes to the skies and happy hauntings. All right, buddy, everybody. And follow this word of advice, okay? If you can't be kinder, okay, and and nicer and smarter and nicer, please be quieter, okay? Yes. It costs you nothing to be nice to one another. <laughs> right, unless Elmer's got to throw a bribe at you. But it costs nothing to be nice to individuals and everybody around, okay? Everybody be safe. You be happy. We'll catch you next time right here. On Thank I you. Wanna...